0: Instant Reaction Podcast, Nation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a tough night in the state of Iowa. Ooh, a rough, rough game on the men's side, followed up by a great, or followed, following a great game last night on the women's side of the cyhawk rivalry. Uh, we'll get to that game, uh, kind of a delayed reaction on that one uh, here a little bit later on, but we'll start with this men's game, which is still fresh in the memory uh, still painful gonna be painful for a long time that one a 25 point loss loss ultimately Iowa State's largest margin of victory in the history of this series. Uh, Iowa won by 28 I think back in 2000 so not the largest margin of all time but 90 to 65 Iowa State wins at home um, and just uh, Iowa got punked in this game right from the right from the jump. I mean never never had it in them. Never showed a willingness to battle back in this game to match Iowa State on any level, whether it be toughness or effort or talent or you know playmaking ability, scheme. Iowa got outplayed, outcoached, out toughed, out efforted. It was a bad night. A bad night follow, which which follows another bad night in in Mackey Arena. We knew this week was going to be tough. Those are two really, really hard places to play. You have a, a Purdue team coming off a loss to Northwestern in a sold-out Mackey Arena where Iowa never plays well, where Iowa doesn't match up with Purdue, where Matt Painter has Fran McCaffrey's number, and you lose by 19. And you thought maybe was going to show something tonight, show some fight. This Iowa State team, uh, while very talented, and well-coached, had showed some issues uh, in their Thanksgiving tournament against Power 5 competition, against upper-level competition. They hadn't really played anybody up until then, and then when they did, they didn't seem like they were up to the test, but they were certainly up to the test tonight. Um, They were by far the better team, and again, it's one thing to be beaten. It's another thing to be so thoroughly outclassed in every phase, and that's the embarrassing thing about tonight. The embarrassing thing was just, again, yeah, getting, getting your ass kicked in every phase. And that's what happened tonight in Hilton Coliseum. And you're just left scratching your head and looking for answers, and it just doesn't feel like they're going to come this season. You know, try not to get too down or extrapolate too much, read too much into... These couple of really really hard games and really really tough places. These are good teams I was losing to on the road, but it is concerning on a lot of levels. We'll get to some stats here before we talk a little bigger picture. And again, we will get into the the women's game, which I will won uh, last night in a great game um, from uh, from the Hawkeyes to to win that game inside Hilton Coliseum. And, and again, yeah, we will we will get there. Peyton Sanford led the the Hawkeyes with 14 points, uh, but just four of nine shooting. All of those from the three point line. He had six rebounds, three assists, two steals, a couple of turnovers. Desante Bowen, uh, the second leading scorer on Iowa's team, 13 points. Many of those late in the game when Iowa was down by 20 to 30, but he showed some fight. You know, towards the end of the game, it was it was it was good to see. Desante Bowen and Brock Harding and Owen Freeman playing well, playing hard, keeping their heads in that game and and trying to keep Iowa you know under a 30 point margin of of defeat here. 11 points from Owen Freeman, he's the third leading scorer and the only other Hawkeye in double figures. He was 5 of 6 from the field, had four uh four offensive rebounds, eight rebounds total, three blocks for Freeman who's going to be a really good player and it's going to be fun to watch him and Brock Harding and Dembele, uh, you know, kind of make their way this season, see how much they can improve, see what they can do in the big 10 as, as the year goes on. Ben Cricky at eight points, four of eight shooting A couple of that were so close in that first half, almost all the way down and then rimmed out. Patrick McCaffrey was scoreless. Patrick McCaffrey's having a rough go of it. Scoreless, one rebound, no assists, no steals, no blocks. 0 of 2 from three-point land, 0 of 3 from the field. I almost want to check that to make sure that's right. That's what ESPN has in the box score. Josh Dix, five points. He got the starting nod, had two fouls and a couple of turnovers right away and, and got pulled and, and never really got back, uh, at least not into, into any sort of rhythm. Did hit a three late in the game, had five points total. Tony Perkins, six points, two of seven from the field. Just inconsistent. Inconsistent. You don't have the guy. You've had the guy for four years in a row now. A couple of years where Luca Garza was the best player in the country. You had Keegan Murray and then Chris Murray. You had a guy who could score. You had a guy when you were off, when you were in a hostile environment, when you needed to stop a run, you could get the ball to, and Iowa doesn't have that guy. It's not Peyton Sanford. It's not Tony Perkins, at least not consistently enough. I saw Adam Jacoby of Go Iowa Awesome say, Iowa's veterans play like freshmen away from Carver and it was the same thing we saw last season, and he's exactly right. It's a real issue. It's a real issue. In context, it's not surprising that I was going to have a down year this year. And who knows? It's early in the season, although we're about a third of the way through. We're wrapping up non-conference play. Uh, but, you know, obviously things can change and get better, and and this could all sound dumb come March but I do think we need to table any tournament talk at least for a little while, at least till this team shows that they're going to be able to not have nights like this as consistently as they are. They're going to really need to show something against Michigan this weekend at home. You need that game now. You have to have it. And again, you just you don't you don't have the guard play that you need you don't have the three point shooting that you need our bigs got smoked tonight especially in the first half i mean at one point it was 30 to 2 points in the paint in favor of iowa state you just you don't have enough on this team right now the way it's the way this roster is is currently constructed and again you know part of that's on fran obviously part of it's on losing two first round nba players the last couple of years um, it'd be a whole different story if, if the Murphys were here, but it is what it is. Go through some of these team stats. Iowa shot 38% from the field, 22 of 57. Uh, meanwhile, Iowa State shot over 50%. Iowa 13 of 16 from the line, 26 free throws had Iowa State, just made 18 of them. Uh, rebounds were even, 36 for Iowa State, 33 for Iowa Uh, 10 offensive boards for each team. Turnovers was a huge thing. 19 turnovers for Iowa. That led to 25 Iowa State points. That's the margin of victory right there. 19 turnovers is a crazy high number, and it's going to be against an Iowa State team that plays really good defense, but that's lazy passing. That's bad offense. It It was bad offense for most of this night. Chucking threes, ill advised shots, couldn't get anything down low, taking mid range shots, settling, late in the shot clock. No flow at all in this offense. And and if if you don't have a go to guy, which they didn't tonight, they don't have anything to do. They just pass it around and then shoot an ill advised three and don't get the rebound. Meanwhile, Iowa State was running. Running and playing with energy, getting their own rebounds. They started hitting threes at one point. Had a 32-point lead at one point in this game. 21 fouls to 13 is, is a crazy discrepancy. And, you know, if this is a close game, we're probably talking about some of the officiating, certainly in the first half. I think at one point it was 10 fouls called on Iowa to just one on Iowa State. But that's not... That, had, that really didn't play any any factor in this game, ultimately. Iowa wasn't ready to play. They weren't ready to f- go into that environment. They weren't ready to play that level uh, of intensity or energy or skill. And they got run out of that gym. And it's the second time in a row they've been run out of a gym this week. It's really tough. So again, now you go home, you play Michigan on Sunday afternoon, and you feel like you need to win that game. And then you've got three games, Florida a UMBC, and Northern Illinois. Before the first of the year where you need to fix some things. You need to find some things out. You need to play with these starting lineups and play with these rotations. Josh Dix didn't play well as a starter tonight. I don't know if you try him again. You need to give these freshmen some major minutes and get them ready because you're going to need them when Big Ten play comes around. You're at Wisconsin on January 2nd, and that's a team that's playing really really well right now. You can't start zero three, and then I mean, then you then you got Rutgers. I mean, you can't start zero and three in the Big Ten. You need to beat Michigan this week. You can't drop one of these bye games like you have a few times in the Fran McCaffrey era. All of a sudden, these games again are not super important. Other than what direction, I mean, what are we going to be paying attention to this winter? How invested are we going to be in this team? Can they show us something in these next four home games? to get us excited, to get us back on board? I hope so. I think so. I'm, tr- you know, try to stay positive, as you know. um, But man, hard to be positive after an effort like that tonight. Again, it's one thing to get beaten by a better team, and that is what happened tonight, and it's what happened last week or earlier this week against Purdue. That is what happened. They got beat by better teams. But tonight especially, they were... Out-efforted, out-energied. I mean, they lost in every facet of that game, and it's just disappointing. Is what it is. It's it's disappointing because that's a good Iowa State team. It's not a great Iowa State team, but this is a an Iowa team that's going to have it feels like a down season, and this is a fan base that gets gets frustrated by good seasons relatively. This is going to be a long winter if this is what I was going to put on the court each and every night. I don't think it is. I hope it's not. I'll be watching on Sunday afternoon. But man, just a, a real gut check time here for this Hawkeye team and this program and, and what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? It's yet to be seen. Let's get to the positive side of this CyHawk uh, week. Um, obviously Iowa won the football game and, and the wrestling, uh, duel, but the Iowa women beat the Iowa state women 67, 58 last night at Hilton Coliseum. It was a game that didn't feel that separate, right? It, it didn't feel like Iowa was nine points better than Iowa state. I think talent wise they, they are, and they should be. And then by the end of the season, they likely will be, but that was an Iowa state team that put up a hell of a fight last night. Audie Crooks is going to be a problem to deal with. Uh, Addie Brown played really well. That, that was a good, well coached Iowa State team that really gave Iowa all they could handle. Had a, a lead in the fourth quarter and, um, and really put a scare into into the Hawkeyes, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Iowa won 67 58. It's Iowa's sixth win in a row. And, uh, and you feel really good about just getting out of there with a win. That was Kaitlin Clark's first win inside Hilton Coliseum, just their second game there, but, Uh, She ended up with 35 points past the 3000 mark for her career becomes the only player in division one basketball history to have 3000 points 750 or more assists and 750 or more rebounds. She is the greatest of all time and the records will continue to fall and the arenas will continue to be packed and the target will stay on their back. She didn't shoot well. She was 12 of 31 from the field and six of 16 from behind the arc. But She had nine rebounds, she had five assists, and 35 points, enough to win. The glue, Kate Martin, was the difference maker in that fourth quarter. She ended up with 16 points, four rebounds, and assists, three steals, a block, six of 12 from the field, two of three from three-point land, and the veteran nature that she showed off last night in that fourth quarter, some of those big rebounds, some big shots, just winning plays. Being in the right place at the right time, that was fantastic to see her come through in that way last night. Because, as we've seen, this team is going to need more than Caitlin Clark most nights. There'll be some nights where they don't because she's that good. You're going to need more than that. And she didn't get it from anywhere else, at least not within her starting rotation. I mean... Clark and Martin were the only two Hawkeyes to go over double digits in points. Gabby Marshall didn't score. She was 0-5 from the field. Molly Davis, 2 points. Goodman, 2 points. Stolke, 5 points. A Falter 7 points. Nobody else scored. So it wasn't a great shooting game from Iowa. 29% from behind the arc. 35% from the field. Uh, but it was enough to, to get that win, and it's a big win, and it's a nice win. And now you're 9-1 on the season, uh, and you go to Wisconsin on Sunday afternoon. I haven't looked into how Wisconsin is this season, but Wisconsin's women's basketball program is not good, has not been good. Iowa hasn't lost to Wisconsin in you know more than half a decade at this point. And so you feel comfortable going into the Kohl's Center Sunday afternoon and you feel like I was going to win that game, and then again, like the men, you get a couple of games here uh, before New Year's against Cleveland State and Loyola of Chicago, where you hope, hopefully, you're able to use those as uh, tweak games, right? Kind of get Gabby Marshall going a little bit, get these post players going a little bit, let Caitlin Clark do her thing, but not rely on her to to kind of pull through and win these games. And then you get right back into Big Ten play. And this is a team that I think we all still expect to win the Big Ten and to get a high seed and to make a run in the NCAA tournament. Nothing has changed there. They've avenged their only loss. They're not as good at this point as they were last year. Monica Sanano was a huge loss, and we knew she was going to be. But they're playing well. They're doing what they need to do. And ultimately, you feel pretty good. About where this Iowa women's team is at, and obviously where the program is at. It's fun to see them win last night. Fun to see the Caitlin Clark show as always. I mean, she's always worth the price of admission. I've said that several times, and uh, and really nice to get that first game uh, in this Hawk week uh, because of how how rough it was tonight. It would it would have been real bad uh, if you had lost that game last night if if they had found a way to lose, and so. Uh, good on the women, good on Kaitlin Clark and Kate Martin for, for pulling through and uh, and notching that win and making this week not a total loss uh, for the, the basketball programs at the state of Iowa. It is still a Hawkeye state, of course, as always. We've got this game covered, as we always do, at HawkeyeNation.com. A lot going on in Hawkeye Nation, obviously waiting on Kirk Ferentz to make some sort of announcement on an offensive coordinator, hopefully sooner rather than later. Apparently he was uh, conducting some interviews today. This is not a situation where you can wait until after the bowl game to make a move. You need to make a move now or whatever that is. Uh, I think it's probably going to be somebody like Paul Crist, which isn't super exciting, but at least will be an improvement. And we'll see where it goes from there. Of course, there's a big bowl game coming up uh, at the start of the year for the Hawkeyes. That's it for me. I appreciate you listening, and hey, go Hawks.